Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Oh, not again! Trudeau's elections commissioner convicts rebel news commander Ezra Levent for a second time, all for the egregious crime of writing a book that was gasp critical of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Well, the Rebel News Commander will drop by to shed light on all the sordid details. And Rebel News reporter Drea Humphrey went to a Justin Trudeau press conference recently. Not only did the PM give her the silent treatment, but Drea got manhandled by one of Justin's goons. Drea will join me to weigh in on this outrage. And letters, we get your letters. We get them every minute of every day. And you had plenty to say about my story on a merchant being evicted from a Toronto-owned market. Her sin? Well, she complained about a busker with addiction issues who was performing in front of her shop and scaring off her customers. And apparently, because she had the temerity to complain, this offended a City of Toronto bureaucrat who was motivated into carrying out a vendetta, namely getting rid of the tenant. Unbelievable. Those are your rebels. Now let's round them up. I don't think you're going to believe what I'm about to tell you. I just received another conviction letter from Justin Trudeau's elections commissioner. He's personally found me guilty for a second time of writing an illegal book about Trudeau back in 2019 called The Lebranos, What the Media Won't Tell You About Justin Trudeau's Corruption. The book its front cover, my tweets about it, our promotion of the book across the country. Trudeau's elections commissioner had senior officers investigating me, tracking me, tracking our staff, creeping through our social media. And they say it's illegal. And they now demand that I pay thousands of dollars in fines. You probably think I'm exaggerating or even just making it up. So I've put the police state style letter online at thelebranos.com for you to see for yourself. This 14-page letter convicting me is there, including the thousands of dollars in fines. I've also put their past convictions to me online at the same website and my lawyer's submissions too. I think the craziest thing on that website is uh, a hidden camera video I recorded of my one-hour interrogation at the hands of two senior ex-RCMP officers who are now on censorship patrol. I mean, it's like that book, Fahrenheit 451, about the government's official book burners. By the way, if you don't realize this is all a test drive for their plan to censor the internet, I think you're missing their point. I'm the test case. You're next. So go to thelebranos.com for that. If you're new to this story, you probably don't know how nuts it is to have two 30-year ex-RCMP veterans who used to be on the counterterrorism beat, ask you questions like, why didn't you register your book with the government before criticizing the prime minister? The knowledge that you would have or not have of the, of the election act, the Canada Elections Act, when you are planning the book and you, the, the, the new third party rules, because I believe there's some comments on your side as well about that. Did you give any consideration of saying, Maybe I should register as a third party for this circumstance, or maybe I shouldn't. 
um, because of my interpretation of what I'm going to do, or did you um, not make that determination? How crazy is it to be told that you can't even see the complaint against you, let alone know who complained? Uh, can I see the complaint against me? The letter that you received? No. I presume that you're investigating oh, based complaint. on a complaint. Yeah. Oh, this is still part of the investigation, so we'll have to, uh, once the investigation's been uh, completed, um, the commission will have to make a decision, and at that point, she'll have to decide if, if that is releasable or not. It's not so something that's usually is released, no. So it's a secret complaint? It's not a secret complaint. It's just a complaint that's part of the investigation. And to, to, to keep the integrity of the investigation right now, uh, you all understand that we can't share everything that we have. As we oh, I don't want everything that you had. I just, if I'm here to meet a complaint, but you won't show me the complaint, how can I possibly meet the complaint? How can I possibly respond to something that you won't show me? Well, I think the letter was quite clear on what we're, what the infraction is, is alleged, and uh, this is what we want to clarify with you. Well, did you generate the complaint, or was it from an outside party? No, we didn't generate the complaint. The okay, so someone did not generate the complaint. So someone external to your office generated the complaint. That is usually the case. Is yes. that the case in this case? Yeah, yeah, we did not generate the complaint. Okay, was it the Liberal Party that generated the we complaint? Can't go into that, sir. So you won't tell me who the complaint is, who the complainant is? That's a secret? Yeah, no, no, not at this point. So at what point do you tell me who the, the secret complainant is? The commissioner is the, the ultimate uh, responsible person for, uh, for the investigation and, and how this uh, is so, decided. So. so how do I know what, I've, what conduct has been complained about if you won't tell me? And talk about creepy. Those cops wanted to know who we hire at Rebel News and why. Wow, what a sordid tale of censorship and intimidation. It's like Ray Bradbury teamed up with George Orwell and collectively wrote a book entitled Fahrenheit 451-1984. But since when has it been against the law to write a book in our great dominion? Well, apparently, ever since Justin Trudeau became prime minister, that's when, oh, by way of clarification, as an author, you will not be raked over the coals by a government goon squad if you pen a positive book about the PM. However, if you have the chutzpah to be critical of Justin, well, then you've got some explaining to do. And joining me now is Rebel Commander Ezra Levent. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, Ezra. This stuff, you being charged again for the Lebranos, this is Banana Republic stuff, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I wrote the book almost two years ago. It's called The Lebranos. Yeah. I've actually had that idea as far back as when I was with the Western Standard Magazine more than 10 years ago. I mean, it's, it's a takeoff of The Sopranos, yes. which was a, a hit show, I don't know, almost 20 years ago or so, probably. And... Um, you know, the book was about Trudeau's corruption. There's, there's over 200 footnotes in it. No one's ever said I got a fact wrong. I think it's my best-selling book ever. Over a thousand five-star reviews on Amazon, so it's a good book. Um, and I think maybe that's why Trudeau's so mad about it. If, if no one was reading it or if it was ridiculed as being full of errors, I don't think he'd be worried. But I think he's really upset by it because his elections commissioner, instead of ensuring election integrity against Chinese influence or people voting without ID, they have put so many lawyers and investigators and prosecutors 
on my book. Mm. But the thing is, books are specifically exempt from election finance law. There's, there's a book exemption. Exactly. And because you could say, well, that book supports Trump, that book opposes Trump. That book supports Stephen Harper, that opposes Harper. Well, no, it's a book, and you don't have to register it as a campaign. I, you know, books are protected speech. And 24 books were written about Trudeau at the same time as mine. Mine was one of 24 Trudeau books in the campaign. And they were all timed for the campaign. You don't publish a book about an election right after the election unless it's sort of retrospective. Hmm. Um, I was convicted and fined thousands of dollars, uh, I think it was in January. We appealed. The chief election commissioner himself had an, uh, issued a new ruling from, it was not really an appeal, it was from scratch. And he convicted me again, gave me the same fines again but the difference is this time he was replying to my lawyer's written briefings. So my lawyers filed some arguments and I just want to focus on one of them. And, and, and for folks who want to see the complete conviction letter, I think it's 14 pages long, you can get that at thelebranos.com. My lawyers said, you only prosecuted the one book that was critical of Trudeau. You let the 23 pro-Trudeau books go. That's right. That shows that this is picking and choosing. So what was the chief commissioner's reply to that? He said, yeah, you're right. And I have that power. I have that discretion. I don't have to prosecute them all. I can choose which one to prosecute. You're right. And, that does, and I have that right. So he doesn't deny there were 24 books written. Yeah. The other 23 get the exemption. He says he's allowed to only prosecute mine. Well, I mean, what, what else is there to say? There is more to say. <laughs> he, he, by the way, the book exemption, I know it by heart now. Books are exempt. Here, I got a copy of the book right here. Yep. Books are exempt if they are sold for a commercial. Like if this book was given out for free, I guess maybe that's campaign propaganda. But this book is $15, which, you know, I think it's, it's fair. Um, there's, like, I didn't give this out for free. We sold it. Yeah. And it also applies to the promotion of books. That's important because we had, we, we promoted this with videos, with internet ads, and even with lawn signs, which are fun. We had lawn signs with the cover, and it had three words on it. Buy the book. It didn't say vote Trudeau or don't vote Trudeau. It just said buy the book. But Ezra, this, what's and he, and, like he, and he said that was illegal. But this is what I don't understand. Under the book exemption, if you've read the legal nitty-gritty, looked at the regulations, this is legit. And also those, all those other books as well. How can this be you know, prosecuted? It was, it was really funny. Again, I refer people to, you can see it for yourself if you yeah. think I'm fibbing. It's at thelebranos.com. So the lawn sign I'm talking about that had three words on it, buy the book, yeah. it, has, it has this picture on it. It was yes. in red instead of in, in black. That's, and I think that's, I, I think it's sort of a dramatic picture, but it's... I think it's flattering. I think, you know, <laughs> they look handsome, they look serious. Yes. They look serious, <laughs> but, but those aren't, I wouldn't call those doctored. <laughs> I wouldn't call those, like, they're not exaggerated. It's just, it, it's the lighting. It's, it looks dark and somber. 
all the investigators at Election Canada, the deputy commissioner, the chief commissioner, they're obsessed with this photo. It's part of their reason for convicting me. They say this photo is designed to make them look bad. Well, listen, let me make a little confession. But the, wait a minute, that's it, so subjective. Let me, just for the sake of argument, concede that point. Okay. So it makes them look bad. So what? Yeah. So, I, so I can't write a book that makes... In fact, if that's their problem with it, which it seems to be, that explains a lot. That explains why the 23 books were allowed and this one wasn't. So let me concede. Yeah, this book, you may have guessed by calling it The Lebranos. I am ooh, a tiny bit critical about Trudeau. So let's grant, for the sake of debate, yeah. that the purpose of this is to change people's minds about Trudeau. Of course it is. That's why I'm a journalist. I'm not a journalist because I like the craft of writing. Yeah. I'm like a journalist because I have something to say. Yeah. I have a message. And my message is that Trudeau, as you can see in the subtitle, is corrupt. And, and I don't just make empty accusations, I have 289 footnotes. Right. And so if they're saying, hey, your book is designed to make people change their mind about Trudeau. And yeah, free country, it's a book, your point. No, 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 that is their point. They're obsessed with the fact that these pictures, they think, I think they're handsome. You know, I think they're <laughs> handsome and, and the women look pretty and the guys <laughs> look serious. But, but if this photo is why they're saying this book is illegal, we got ourselves a free speech problem. But Ezra, surely the elections uh, Canada officials, surely Justin Trudeau himself, are they really that thin-skinned? Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing. When, if, if he was buffeted by criticism every day, um, he wouldn't care. Like, remember Donald Trump? He would have press conferences so frequently, and they would often go on for an hour. And he would take endless questions, and I don't know why, but every single time, he would call on his most furious critics. Like, he, he would Jim call Acosta. on Jim, Jim yeah. Acosta, that's a perfect <laughs> example, every time. It was like he enjoyed the banter, and Jim Acosta, I, I don't like him, I think he was a liberal hack, but, I mean, I guess he was effective, and in, in, you know, his company thought so, CNN thought so. Donald Trump is so used to criticism, yeah. He got it everywhere, on TV, on radio, on the internet. I mean, the media were so mean, <laughs> and I mean mean, they didn't, Melania Trump, supermodel, first supermodel, first lady, never on the front page of any fashion magazine or women's magazine. Yeah. What a disgrace. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so that's so petty, but Michelle Obama on all of them, because she's so uh, beautiful. Um, my point is, there's a guy whose skin is so, so thick, he's like an armadillo. Because... Yeah. Everyone hated Trump, and he didn't care. It was like he was in a suit of armor with like 200 arrows in it. <laughs> but compare that to Justin Trudeau. Oh, yeah. Kicks out Rebel News from any press yep. conference he sees us. Turns off the mic. Last week had RCMP manhandle our reporter, Drea Humphrey. Right. Today, kicked out our two reporters in Montreal. He owns the CBC. He rents all the newspapers through his bailout. So he's got like 99% of the media. Mm. And the rest is a safe space for him. He's like a bubble boy. So when he encounters one thing that's not on board, it focuses his mind. He's obsessed. If he were to allow criticism all the time, he'd laugh at this book if he even noticed it. But because he's so obsessed on total submissive obedience from the media, political, intellectual class, the one, and th I mean, listen, this book was a bestseller. I'm not playing it down. But yeah. this book is not a dominant force in Canadian politics. It's no. not. This book is not going to win or lose the election. It didn't. Yeah. 
the fact that he's obsessed by, and it's not even that big a book, you know, it's, it's a booklet. The fact that he was so furious with it <laughs> tells me more about him than about the book. He can't handle anyone. Dis we know that he kicked out Jody Wilson-Raybould because she disagreed. Right. He kicked out Jane Philbot because she disagreed. He kicked out Selena Cesar Chavez because he couldn't handle her. Anyone who dis disagrees with them gets the ax. Well, what do you do when it's an author? Yeah. How are you going to stop that? Well, you sick the election commissioner on him. Well, we're going to fight. We're going to appeal. If you're wondering, I'm going to appeal all the way. That was my uh, wrap-up question, Ezra. Where do we go from here? And, and by the way, since we've had two strikes against us uh, from the Elections Canada people, what is your hope that uh, we can get justice on this file? Well, I mean, these days, it's hard to have hope in the courts. Every single court challenge against the lockdowns failed. Hmm. And there were a lot of challenges across this country. So the courts seem to be defending this government, and I find it worrying. This is a pure issue of free speech and the interpretation of the law. The law specifically exempts books and the promotion of books. They don't like the lawn signs we use. They have three words, buy the book. It's explicitly permitted under the law. I think a federal court judge looking at the law would say, it's exempt. It's right there in the statute. And, and, you, and if you're not applying the statute in the spirit of the, the charter, we're going to fix it. So I think we, we have a really good chance to win. But I'm, I, I real, why wouldn't I take this all the way to the Supreme Court? I totally agree. I mean, why not? Um, and you know what? If the Supreme Court of Canada says, yeah, you can ban a book, well, it's good to know. Ezra, thanks so much. Great report. I wish you all the best. And, uh, well, what can I tell you, folks? You know, the only thing is, is that in yesterday, you would see other media outlets uh, coming together, fighting this on the principle of freedom of the press, free speech, free expression. But now, as the boss himself says, the watchdogs have become the Justin Trudeau lapdogs. What a disgrace. Keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. too close. <laughs> you talked about Canada's last wrongs, the past things they haven't done right. When will you speak out about the 20 vandalized churches? They're burning churches and vandalizing them and you're not calling it a hate crime. This is Canada, folks. The Prime Minister won't ask the tough questions. They're acknowledging past wrongs Canada has allowed to happen in this country, but they won't speak out about 20 churches being burnt or vandalized in the last three weeks, by the way, which puts everybody at risk for fires as well, just like we saw in Linton, B.C. So this is the Prime Minister looking to be re-elected, but not speaking out against the terrorist actions against Christian places of worship. What should life look like for the citizens who don't want to get vaccinated with a vaccine that's not fully approved by FDA? All right, guys, you saw that. He wouldn't answer the question. That's how much uh, care and thought he wants to put into what's happening, the persecution against Christians right now in Canada. He also said that 
100% basically, all of us need to be vaccinated. Everyone's got to get vaccinated if we're going to get through this as a, as a community, as a country. So I tried to get a question in there um, about, you know, what does life look like for the people who don't want to take a vaccine or want to delay taking a vaccine that isn't fully approved by FDA yet? And by the way, the vaccinated people can, in fact, catch and spread COVID-19. What about the Indigenous Christians who feel unsafe on their own reserve because their place of worship has been burnt down? Do they not matter? Just ignoring, just ignoring the hate crimes in Canada. Wow. You know, I'd love to hop into a DeLorean equipped with a flux capacitor and go back in time to, oh, I don't know, 2015, when Justin Trudeau was first elected prime minister. Remember his promise regarding how his liberals were going to make for the most transparent government in Canadian history? Well, they're about as transparent as a granite wall, and Justin's latest photo op demonstrated his lack of transparency when he refused to take questions from our own Drea Humphrey. Oh, well, let's look on the bright side. At least this time, the PM wasn't donning blackface. And as for groping female reporters, well, looks like this time around, Justin outsourced that task to one of the members of his personal goon squad. Oh, man. And joining me now to discuss this further is Drea Humphrey herself. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, Drea. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Drea, you know, I've been manhandled on this job plenty of times, and I, I basically take it all in stride. But you know, when I see my colleagues getting pushed around, like you and Sheila Gunn-Reed, I just get outraged. What the hell was that security thug thinking when he physically moved you away? I mean, you weren't impeding the prime minister. You were just asking, oh, I guess, impolite questions, or is asking insensitive questions not allowed in Canada anymore? Well, I think when it comes to Justin Trudeau, that's the real threat, isn't it? And mm. if you look at the video closely, I'm at a reasonable distance from him. It's actually Justin Trudeau who breaks that distance and puts his hands towards me, and I go like this to stop that from happening. Um, and then clearly I maintain my face and then out of nowhere, this goon, as he said, just picks me up and tosses me to the side just for asking a question. But the reason why I say that's the, the real threat there is because of the security detail when I first arrived who came up there and basically screamed if I'm going to be asking a hard question or not. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw that. Um, I, I can't ever remember this in all the politicians I've ever covered, this pre-screening. Um, are you going to ask the prime minister something other than uh, what brand of shampoo he uses while in quarantine? It's baffling. But getting back to that goon, Drea, um, I think there's a, a case here for an assault charge. You were not under arrest, so he had no right to put his clammy hands on you. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if it's worth pursuing legal action on that, but to me, that was just outrageous and unnecessary. And given that he's probably RCMP, he should know the law when it comes to getting handsy with people. 
Well, exactly. And there's, you know, reasonable courses of action you can take. He could have, you know, stood in between me and the prime minister. He didn't take that approach. He just pulled me from the back. So I know we have counsel who has looked at and drafted and is going to be sending the complaint, but we're not done looking into this. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's a little different if it's the prime minister, but it certainly seems like assault to me. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I wasn't a threat to the prime minister. And I didn't deserve to be treated like that for practicing journalism. No, 100%. Andrea. And, you know, uh, getting to the, um, the question you were asking, and he certainly heard it, um, why is it, Drea, that this prime minister won't address these now dozens of churches that have been burnt down or vandalized or spray painted? Why won't he talk about the hate crime angle here, the anti-Christian mandate of the vandals and the arsonists doing this? Why is that off limits for this prime minister? Well, as hard as it to believe, I'm going to first say it's not a dozen churches. It's not 20 anymore. It's actually 45 mm. churches wow. burnt or vandalized in less than a month in Canada. Our and prime minister took over, took eight churches, burnt churches for him to say 15 seconds of this isn't the way to go. So no acknowledgement of persecution against Christians. And of course, one of his favorite words, hate and intolerance or any such thing like that. So that's what I was trying to ask him. Why is there this difference? And I think it's just not politically advantageous. So he thinks for him to shed light on that. Can you imagine how weak do you have to be to say something as insipid as, hey, man, this isn't the way to go. And of course, his best buddy, Gerald Butts, uh, didn't like the idea of churches being burnt down, but he understood it. Um, I think that is outrageous. And um, I, you know, pose you the question, Drea, had this been even a single mosque torched or vandalized, I think there'd be a different narrative at play here by the PM, don't you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. A mosque, a temple, a synagogue. It's uh, clearly the Christians who don't matter. We saw the pastors get thrown in prison for preaching in person. Uh, so this seems to be a very frightening trend that's happening, in my opinion. And to be honest, there's not a whole lot of outrage from what I'm seeing, even from the Catholic community. There are people speaking up, even people uh, from the First Nation bandland speaking out against this. But where's the uproar where are the protests where where is the outrage for this yeah no i i don't understand it either and andrea we should point out that after that event you went to a premier horgan event and um, you ran into a security uh detail i think uh it was justin trudeau's security detail person and and uh it, it was mad actually part of me uh, and he uh recorded him with his cell phone and it was the most bizarre kind of um, conversation, I thought. Um, he kept talking about, are you going to go overboard again this time, i.e. Um, yelling out questions uh, from the sidelines. And um, Matt quite rightly said to him that, listen, if you let us in the building and you let us pose a question, um, yeah, well, we're going we're gonna to play by the rules, but we can't get on the playing field. Um, what was your take uh, hearing that? And also this idea of, you know, the media like to get together ahead of time and discuss what they're going to ask and whatnot. I just found it uh, 
incredulous. Yeah, it left me uh, speechless for a little bit. Now, <laughs> I learned that that was that particular person is the media liaison of sorts. So uh, not the security detail. The security detail did stop Matt, um, you know, in the underground parking lot before that. But basically, we got a firsthand account of the monopoly that you have to try to get in order to ask a question. He literally told us that you have to earn the respect of state media. CTV, he mentioned, CTV, and that they get to choose who gets to ask the questions. It's like, are you kidding me? This is a joke. And I know uh, Ezra made a good point about Trump, love him or hate him. He always let you know, the media that wasn't favorable to him ask a question. Whether he called them fake news or not, he let them ask the question and he answered the question. But oh, Trudeau, Morgan, they're just cowards, I guess. A hundred percent. I think actually uh, President Trump enjoyed it uh, when he would call upon somebody like Jim Acosta of CNN and they'd get into this uh, verbal brouhaha and it was absolutely fascinating. But you're right, the people who are leaders uh, today in Canada, uh, Drea, they are cowards and they want to keep any kind of prickly insensitive questions at bay. And that's why we have goons manhandling you in such a disgraceful fashion. Listen, Drea, we got to wrap it here. Um, I know you'll continue to cover these politicians and hopefully in the words of uh, Justin Trudeau's security detail, you will behave in a normal and responsible <laughs> whatever the heck that means but drea it was a great report and uh keep on trucking my friend thank you all right and folks that was drea humphrey in vancouver keep it here more of rebel roundup to come right after this it's ignore right and then when I, uh, uh, I have the no choice, then I, I write a letter, I wrote a letter to the, to the manager's uh, boss in the city. And, but uh, the letter was come back to the manager, right? And uh, the manager very mad. And he, he even uh, threatened me in the face, say uh, like, you know, I can kick you, I can move you to the back or to the basement, you know? So, I we'll move your shop, that I'm is, right? Really shop okay. Because I'm here complaining, you know. So if I, if they put me on the basement, maybe I, I'm not complaining anymore, you know. So so that's why I think, because at that time, I still have a long lease, like yes. uh, from 2015 to 2019. So I guess I was protected by the lease. So when my lease was finished at 2019, you yeah. know, I think they find a reason, like excuse. Now it's like you have too many souvenirs, so they uh, kick me now. Yeah, I've seen a, our our friend Joe Warmington in the Toronto Sun. He did some stories chronicling your plight, and sure enough, uh, he quotes uh, Brad Ross, the city spokesman, as saying there are too many souvenir shops. I understand there's five, but you were the first one here. So why do you have to leave, and the other four don't? I have no idea. That's why I'm very uh, confused. Yeah, because I'm the first one open the, the souvenir shop yeah. and other people copy my uh, 
souvenir items. Yes. Now they become a souvenir shop. Actually, they just like have the add-on, you know. But uh, when you see their lease, they are, they are not allowed to sell in souvenirs, you know. So, so I think this is an excuse, you know, mm. to try to kick me out. And it's an excuse because when we talked about this off camera, you had some incidents where uh, there was somebody with, I guess we can call it addiction issues. He was busking, you know, for change in the front door or near your your store. He was scaring customers away. And you, as a rent paying tenant, you did the logical thing. You complained to management, but it looks like management didn't like you complaining. Amazing. So let's get this straight. If you are a rent paying tenant at the city owned St. Lawrence Market for 18 years, but you have the utter temerity to complain about a person with addiction issues that is hurting your business, it appears that city policy is to turf the complainer rather than to deal with the problem. And so it is that a vendetta was launched against Jenny Wang to get her ousted. What else can you call it, folks? The city says the market has too many souvenir shops. Okay, but Jenny's store was there first. It makes no sense that she would be the first to go. But then again, welcome to John Tory's Toronto, where the unofficial slogan would seem to be rewarding the takers, penalizing the makers. In any event, you had plenty to say about Jenny going up against City Hall and losing her livelihood in the process. Janine Kennedy writes, the government has done so much harm to the people. Oh, you're not kidding, Janine. Toronto remains the most locked down jurisdiction in the world. It's all in the name of protecting us from a virus. But I would argue the curse has been worse than the cure. The depression rates, the unemployed masses, the massive number of bankruptcies, etc. Not that any of the politicians or bureaucrats have been adversely affected these past two years, mind you. Indeed, I think they all gave themselves raises. Ted Breyer writes, you want something screwed up? Give it to the government. Well, you know, couldn't agree with you more, Ted. Government can't even operate monopolies properly, be it the gambling or the booze businesses, much less a retail environment such as the St. Lawrence Market. You know, they say the biggest lie in the world is the check is in the mail. I disagree. I think the biggest falsehood is, hi, I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. Oh, and, and also, these days, we're all in this together. JR writes, you have it wrong. It's Tory as he has enabled his idiot lackeys to abuse their power for profit. She's honest and believes in the rule of law. I bet she doesn't understand that the management slash city rep wants kickbacks and so they push her out someone else will pay and that's all they care about tories toronto in action well jr i have no proof to support allegations that any sort of kickbacks are involved in this story but i can say this we did reach out to the bureaucrat that jenny says is harboring a grudge against her and his only comment to all our queries was no comment no comment no comment i think that's very telling actually the great Canadian guy writes, bureaucrats run the show, politici politicians are just in place to lie for their mistakes. Oh, ain't that the truth, great Canadian guy? As I mentioned, I truly believe that Jenny is being squeezed out by a petty and vindictive bureaucrat with a score to settle.
But in the bigger picture, just look at how our lives have been made miserable for almost two years by unelected, non-accountable health bureaucrats. And then there's the education bureaucracy in Ontario deciding the math curriculum must be rewritten because somehow math is racist? And where is the mayor, the premier, the minister of education? All missing in action. Wow, talk about an appalling lack of leadership. And Sean Callender writes, I'm going to visit her store and buy some items. Well, that's very kind of you, Sean, but you better get cracking unless Jenny's lawyer can manufacture a miracle or the city does the right thing and reverses its odious decision. Well, Jenny's last day in business will be July 31st. It's so sad. Shame on you, Mayor Tory. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night. <laughs>